What's up, guys? Again, this week we're going to be talking about New Age practices. Uh, We're going to be talking to Marsha Montenegro about things like astrology, uh, tarot cards, Christian yoga, and so much more. Everything New Age. Welcome to the Youth Apologetics Training Podcast. So welcome back. Uh, Guys, again, yeah, today we're going to continue where we left off last week. So yeah, guys, we're going to be talking to Marsha Montenegro, uh, her ministry, Christian Answers for the New Age, her website, ChristianAnswersForTheNewAge.org. And yeah, we're going to be talking about many different subjects um, that we were not able to cover last week. Interestingly enough, we thought we were going to just do one more part, but when we recorded this podcast, it ended up being almost two hours long. So uh, there's actually going to be a part two, which is today, and then next week we're going to have a part three talking about New Age practices and, uh, well, how they uh, are practiced from within the New Age and how many of these practices have somehow made it into the Christian Church. So, uh, without further ado, Marsha, welcome back to the Youth Apologetics Training Podcast. Hi, Michael. Thank you so much. Yeah, it, it, it really, all my listeners loved the last show. I got a lot of feedback, and um, yeah, it, it was it was awesome. And so, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. You know, I've got this background in the New Age. Uh, a lot of the things we're going to be talking about today. Um, I've monkeyed around with in the past and then repented of, you know, just being Mm -hmm. a a not so bright young man who was trying all these things of the world, you know, trying to experience some type of uh, extra power, extra influence on the world. And, and uh, well, it's not pleasing to the Lord. So, you know, yeah, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. So, so in the last show, you talked about your, I think you said seven years of involvement with astrology. Uh, it, it, well, first of all, is that correct? It was seven years? Uh, it was really more um, from the time I started studying um, until the time I stopped was really 10 years. I, I The first two years were study and kind of practice. And then eight years, I was a certified professional astrologer. And so, and you talked about it a little bit. Let's jump in a little bit deeper. So exactly what is astrology? How does it supposedly work? Um, You know, how do they put together these birth charts? And uh, is it even accurate? Can it be accurate? Or is it more like you're just rolling the dice and coming up with almost like a, a, um, a, a vague description that tickles the ears of the person that gets this little description supposedly of their character, something that complements them in several different ways where they just want to believe it. They read it and they're like, yeah, that is totally me. Is it something along those lines or how does it work? Okay. Well, 
You know, part of what you said is is true. I mean, or what you said is partly partly it that people want to believe it. That's definitely a big part of it. And when we when we speak of astrology, let me just clarify that we're not talking about astronomy, which is a scientific study of space and the heavenly bodies. So there is astronomy, and then astrology is looking at these planets and the sun and moon, but sees a meaning in them and in their position. So uh, what what about mm -hmm. cosmetology? Cosmetology. What about (laughs) isn't that makeup? I think that's makeup. (laughs) Sorry about that. Go ahead. Okay. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, so the astro- what the astrologer does is the astrologer um, is looking at the position of the planets at the time of your birth and the place of your birth. Okay, and that is, now there are other forms of astrology. You can do astrology for an event. So you could do an astrology for um I don't know, just just any any kind of event, the signing of a of a an important document, let's say the signing of a treaty, you could you would get the time it was signed and uh, the date and place, and you could do a chart for that. I mean, there's a chart for the Constitution of the United States, the Declaration of Independence. I can't remember which, maybe both. Um, you can do it for an event like 9/11. You could do a chart for. Um, you know, something something good happening, a, a, a wedding, let's say. So those are those are also part of astrology, but the most common kind and the one most people think of is when the astrologer is doing a birth chart for a person, an individual, to give them advice, uh, to tell them things about themselves. <clears throat> now, this is different from horoscope columns in the newspaper, which I also want to say something about. But the astrology chart is actually very, very complicated, and there's so many options in it that when the astrologer is looking at this chart, there's a lot of different directions that he or she can go. So you can, you know, you can go off into one area of the chart that looks very significant, and you can spend a long time on that. Um, You can, you know, go around the chart and hit different points. You know, you can... You can jump to maybe three major areas. There's there's so many things in the chart because you've got um, all the planets, the sun and the moon. You've got them distributed in a circle, which is divided up into 12 areas, and these are called houses. And each house represents an area of life. And then you have the zodiac signs, which are around the chart, the outside of the chart, depending on the time of birth. So the planets are going to fall into certain houses and into certain zodiac signs. So right there, you've got the planet in a certain zodiac sign in a certain house to interpret. And then you have to look at the relationship between the planets. So um, planets opposite each other means something. Planets near each other means something. Planets 90 degrees from each other means something. 45 degrees means something. You know, it's <laughs> there's a lot of stuff to interpret. Now, because of all these options, uh, just by chance, some of these things are going to be true. 
Then you also have a client who wants to believe. The client, anybody who goes to see an astrologer, especially if they paid for it, they tend to be somebody either who believes it or they're open to it. And so they're going to want to think that the astrologer is really giving them accurate information. <clears throat> so they will tend to remember what's accurate and forget what isn't accurate. Or if something even isn't accurate, they may be able to think of it in a way that makes it accurate. <laughs> um, so that's another way that it can seem very accurate. Another thing that happens is that the astrologer, um, even even if they don't know anything about the person, in order to do the person's chart, they have to know their age. That's one thing the astrologer absolutely has to know. And if you know a person's age, you you just, even without trying, you kind of know general life events that might be going on. You know someone in their 20s who isn't married. Maybe they're they're looking for someone to marry. Someone in their 40s who's married may have marriage problems. Um, you know, someone else may be in a job situation. So there's certain life events that go on that I think the astrologer just instinctively knows and kind of uses that when he or she is interpreting the chart. Um, that will make the chart seem a little more accurate for the person. Uh, so you have those things going on. You have coincidence, the desire to believe, the client's desire to believe, the client's selective memory, general life circumstances at certain ages, um, and whether the person's married or unmarried, you know, that will also play into it, um, whether it's a man or a woman. And then um, you also have something else going on, which, and this is the part that's really the, um, the evil part, which is that astrologers have spirit guides, just like all psychics and tarot card readers, mediums, everyone who does any form of divination or spirit contact has spirit guides. And the spirit guides, um, the astrologer and psychic and medium believe the spirit guides are benevolent. However, uh, these spirit guides, which is something I did not know till after I became a Christian, these spirit guides are, are fallen angels. And um, they are able to somehow give information to the astrologer because I know many times when I was reading a chart, there would be something that would come into my mind. Um, it was, sometimes it was a word. Sometimes it was just an impression or a picture of something. Or I would just know. I would just feel like I suddenly knew a fact about the person. And... I would say it, I would share it with the client, and they would be amazed that I knew that. Now, it was sort of triggered by the chart, but it wasn't actually something you could interpret from the chart all the time. Sometimes it was. So there's something, there's like a demonic guidance going on, um, and that is why sometimes the information is very accurate. And it's accurate enough that uh, people who go to astrologers will usually continue to go. I mean, I had people who came to me for the first time and then they would come back for an update, usually once a year. Sometimes they would want to come sooner. So I would update their chart. I would look at, at where the planets were at that point in relationship to the birth chart. And you can do a reading that's called 
transits, which is um, what's what influences are going on now, what's being triggered in your chart by the present positions of the planets. <clears throat> so you do an update. You also do something else called a progress chart, which is this mathematical thing of a day equaling a year. And so you can do a progress chart. So if you have clients coming back every year for these updates. This is why I, I never had to advertise because once I had a certain number of clients, um, they would keep coming back plus they told other people. So it was it was almost all word of mouth, um, you know, references from people. And, it you know, I had a continuous, you know, stream of clients, continual stream of clients. Um, and they would feel it was accurate. I mean, I was told this over and over again. You're so accurate. You know more about me than my therapist. Um, <laughs> I had people tell I had people tell me that they could also come. You know, like a mother would maybe want me to do charts of her children, so I would do a chart of of their child or children, their husband. Then I could also do a relationship chart. So I can do a chart of um, you could take a mother child take both of their charts and you make a composite, which is a third chart. And that's a chart of the relationship. Or of course, the most popular composite charts were people in romantic relationships or in marriage. And so you would combine their two charts and then you have a third chart. You also can compare them. You can compare them and combine them. So there are two ways to do it. So you see with all these, these different techniques and things of, a person looking at their life and their relationships that just the information that comes out from all that, just it's, it impresses the clients and because so much of it seems to be true or actually is true. Now it's not because astrology is valid. And I want to make that clear astrology. There's no validity to the fact that, you know, Venus, represents relationships and Mars represents the ego and Neptune represents um, deception and film and photography. And, you know, Jupiter represents growth, expansion and higher education. These are some of the meanings of the planets. And, um, you know, th that's not true. Jupiter doesn't mean anything. It's, just, it's a planet. And, <laughs> you know, the, the facts of Jupiter are the scientific facts. And the fact that God created it. And beyond that, there's no meaning. You know, I mean, in mythology, of course, there's meaning. But, you know, that's in mythology. And we don't, most people don't take that seriously. But in astrology, in your chart, see, it has all this meaning. That actually is not true. So what's going on here also is the fact that, for example, the 12 zodiac signs, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, etc., um, all relate to human nature. So everything you can say about those 12 signs are going to relate to human nature, to something in a person's life. The 12 areas of the chart, the 12 houses, relate to 12 areas of your life. You know, the self, relationships, possessions, children romance, um, you know, travel, career, etc. So er, most people have things going on in their life that are going to coincide with those 12 houses and with the 12 zodiac signs. 
so um, it's it's just kind of a it's sort of statistically inevitable that as you discuss these things in the chart that that a lot of these things are going to hit you know they're going to be they're going to relate to something the person sees in their life or they're going through. So that is my best explanation. I, de- I definitely emphasize the demonic element here for the real specific stuff that that tends to be accurate and maybe even some of the less specific stuff. So people who feel that, oh, you know, Aries really applies to me. I'm really like an Aries. Every time I read a description of Aries, that's really me. Well, of course, what you're, you're reading and you're identifying with the things about Aries that are true. But one thing I did know, and I even knew this as an astrologer, is that nobody fit their sun sign perfectly. I mean, nobody. You couldn't, if you list all of the traits of Aries or Leo or whatever, nobody fits all of those. And what's more is that they have many traits that come from the other signs. So um, that's that's if you're looking at just your zodiac sign. And that's what you do when you look at a horoscope column. A horoscope column is based on mainly on the movement of the moon, which uh, changes signs every two and a half days. So um, somebody writing a horoscope column is looking at where the moon is, is, is or where it's going to be for the day they're writing the column in relation to the zodiac signs. So they're saying, okay, the moon, uh, I'm writing this column that's going to appear in three days and the moon will be in Virgo. And okay, now what is that going to mean to an Aries person? And then they also may look at, okay, where's Mars? Because Mars rules Aries. And where's Mars in relation to the moon and Virgo? And how does that fit? So then you write something based on that. So, um, you know, and you can come up with different scenarios so that you know it'll be true for two or three days because the moon will be in that sign for two two to three days so you you can kind of figure out things that way and write it based on that and then of course it's very usually very short and general so it basically is meaningless because you have you have um, especially a daily horoscope you have uh, you have 12 signs and everybody in the world is one of those 12 signs. And does anyone really believe that what's written there is going to apply to everybody? You know, like, so it says for tomorrow, for Gemini, you know, be, be work quietly at work and don't draw attention to yourself. You know, it's better to kind of keep a low profile. All right. Is it, do you, does anyone really believe everyone who's a Gemini that that's going to apply to everybody? Gemini. You know, if you really, if you really think, think it through logically, you have to say no, of course not. And maybe that's good advice for a lot of people, you know, and maybe a lot of Geminis who read it, maybe that's going to happen to be good advice for them. So they'll, they'll follow it. But if they don't follow it, you know, I mean, if they follow it and things work out good, they'll think, oh, that was good advice, you know. So there's just so many different ways that this stuff can be appealing and seem to work and people love to hear about themselves. So Mm -hmm. especially someone who goes to an astrologer, they're getting a lot of in-depth information. This is a lot more than the little daily thing in the newspaper. So you're getting all this information about your childhood, your relationships, your talents, your, your job issues, 
Um, past life, you can look at the past life in the chart. Yeah, allegedly, I am not saying that you can. Please, I hope I, I hope people understand. I'm speaking as an astrologer would speak. So, um, <laughs> since I was one, this is something I'm really super familiar with. I also taught astrology for over five years, so I actually oh, wow. taught different levels of it, beginning, intermediate, and advanced. So it's something I'm really familiar with. And, um, I mean, I totally believed in it. You know, I didn't think I was making stuff up or conning people. I was, I was completely on board with it, as were all my friends who were astrologers. Um, and you can really get yourself convinced of things. And when you start thinking this way, you filter things through astrology. You know, so things happen and you think, oh, I know why this is happening. It's because Mercury's retrograde. Or I know, I know why this is happening. It's because Neptune has entered my 10th house. And that's why such and such is happening at my workplace. So you, you interpret things through what you know about the planets and your chart. And the clients can do that too once they get the information from you, which is usually recorded. I always recorded it at that time on a, um, you know, a cassette tape, which I gave to the client. So then they could listen to it um, whenever they wanted. And they got a copy of their chart because uh, no one could remember. You know, you can't remember everything that's said in a, a session. Uh, so anyway, that's that's um, pretty much uh, how I explain astrology. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting, too. Um, just for a laugh one day I went on to astrology.com and first of all I found that there was there were so many different types of astrology that uh, contradicted each other there were so many yeah. different flavors but uh, I went ahead and picked the most popular one and then I randomly picked a horoscope without looking and then read it and this was for that day after the day was done and I read it and I'm laughing because I'm like, yeah, I I could make that fit my day. I could, I could right. definitely. It was it was elastic enough that I could fit it around my day. And then I read what sign it was for, and it was definitely not the sign that supposedly I'm in. Um, <laughs> but uh, for for a podcast in the past, I just for a laugh, I went ahead and picked one of the. The signs, I can't remember which one it was. Maybe it was Cancer or Taurus or whatever. And then I deliberately told the audience that it was a different sign. And then I read it. And then um, I was like, so now some of you just gasped as you realized that this sign just totally read your mail. This is you. But I lied. This is actually a different sign. <laughs> and, and then I said, I'm not even going to tell you guys which sign it is because, honestly, I don't want any of you guys to get caught up in this nonsense. But just right. know. <laughs> right. It, right. It, it, they use so much flattering language that it doesn't matter what sign you are. When you hear it, you're like, oh, that, that just makes my spirit soar. You know, it just yeah. resonates. That is so me. Uh, yeah, but it, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that's, that's true. <laughs> but uh, you know, in this stuff, I know that uh, their uh, astrology does find its way within the church at times. Is there a Christian spin that's put on astrology when it's practiced within the church? 
Well, yes, and I, I, I think that, well, there's two, um, there's two answers to that. One is there are people who are astrologers who call themselves Christians and who I think really believe they're Christians and they are totally think astrology is compatible with Christianity. Of course it isn't. It's a form of divination and it is um, divination is condemned, um, especially in the Old Testament, but it's also condemned in um, the, a few places in the New Testament, especially Acts 16 when you have um Paul and Barnabas, I think it's Barnabas, come upon the uh, fortune teller. Um, it's Paul and somebody uh, come upon the fortune teller uh, who has a spirit of divination. And um, the Old Testament has a lot of condemnation of divination, which would include astrology, reading cards, numerology, um, being a psychic, Anything where you're reading a hidden meaning in something or you're getting information via um, an occult supernatural means like through spirit contact. So astrology um, also was condemned explicitly in Isaiah 47, especially the last few verses. The whole chapter of Isaiah 47 is God's condemnation of Babylon. And he um, rebukes them for their sorceries and uh, basically their occult arts and how they are seeking information through those means. And then towards the end, he talks about those who prognosticate month by month, which is the astrologers. And that, you know, maybe they say things that, that, are, that are good, but, you know, in the end, this is not going to save you. There's a very strong condemnation of astrology. The word astrology is a modern word, so it didn't exist in the Hebrew, so there's no Hebrew word for astrology. But the Hebrew will use phrases that refer to it, like um, dividing up the skies and monthly prognostication and looking towards, um, you know, the hosts of heaven. So there's there's different references. The references to astrology are different than using the word astrology, but it's clear that's what is being done. Astrology is probably, it, astrology could be the most ancient occult art, possibly. It might be the, the oldest one, and um, or definitely one of the oldest. And so... Um, it's very clear there's no way astrology can be can be okay with God because you're reading hidden meanings into things and you're looking to creation for an answer. You're not looking to the creator. Um, so there's that kind of thing going on where, you know, people told me they went to an astrologer and, you know, she had a cross on the wall and she prayed before she did the chart. So they thought that it was okay. Um, and then there's the type of astrology in the church that they don't use the word astrology for it. They usually call it gospel in the stars. And mm -hmm. um, this is and this is an interpretation of um, the the zodiac signs are tied in supposedly to the gospel story. So Virgo is the Virgin, you know, Mary and. Leo is the line of Judah, et cetera. And, and the problem with this, there's several problems. With it. Um, 
But one of them is there's absolutely no biblical support for this. (laughs) That's a pretty major one. And number two, you've got the gospel being given through creation. Now, creation, as Romans 1 tells us, is a witness to the fact there is a creator. Creation Mm -hmm. witnesses to the, the existence of a creator. And God says in Romans 1 that because of that, no man is without excuse. In other words, no one can say there is no evidence for a creator. God says you can't say that because creation itself is evidence for a creator. So everyone is accountable for knowing there's a God. It's not about salvation. It's about being accountable. That's how Romans 1 starts. It starts off about everybody being accountable. And um, so you're not going to get the gospel in general revelation. You get the gospel the news about Jesus Christ is specific, is special revelation. Um, you know, it came, of course, when Jesus incarnated and was on earth, and, and that was definitely a special revelation. And we have God's Word now, which is the special revelation, which gives us this specific information. And um, it's not through looking. You can't get the gospel by looking at the planets just not there the there's a there's other problems with this another problem with it is that they use the the greek and the or the roman names for the planets to connect them to jesus but those names are not universal uh for example chinese astrology has is a whole different system it's not even like western astrology it's completely different um doesn't use aries taurus gemini etc nor does Native American astrology. Uh, and I don't even know what forms of astrology may exist in Africa, but I'm sure they don't use Aries, Taurus, Gemini, you know, in the indigenous indigenous uh, peoples, and probably not anywhere else either. So it's not, a, it's not universal. Those just came from Western astrology via Greece and Rome. Uh, and... So that's another problem. Another problem is that this gospel in the stars business, which um, E.W. Bollinger had witness to the witness in the stars or witness to the mm-hmm. stars, uh, formulated this, um, is that I think the claim is made, at least by some people who support this view, that this information was given to Adam and Eve in the garden. And then it was lost and in the fall, and then eventually Satan took it and perverted it, you know, and made it into astrology as we know it today, which is the quote-unquote bad form of astrology. But there really originally was a good form, which was this gospel in the stars business. And since Satan corrupts everything, then, you know, that, that sort of validates it. Well, astrology is just a corrupt form of something God did for us. But that isn't true for everything. You don't look at things that are corrupt and evil that God condemns and say, well, there really originally was a good form of this, <laughs> you know, unless there's evidence for it. <laughs> so um, there isn't any evidence for any quote unquote good form of astrology, for witness in the stars, for gospel in the stars, etc. Um, also, a lot of the information um, Bollinger used about the stars and the planets and the names for them that he supposedly got historically have been um, refuted and invalidated. So his information isn't even accurate. So all of this to say, there is absolutely no support 
for the gospel and the star's view. And as Christians, we should not be looking or pointing people to creation uh, for information and especially to say there's a hidden meaning, that there's some kind of hidden meaning, you know, in Leo and there's a hidden meaning in Virgo that connect to Jesus. This is that is then you're getting into the occult as soon as you as soon as you start looking for a hidden meaning um, that has no support for that meaning, you know, you've crossed the line there. So that's my um, my take on that. And, of course, I was asked about that very early on as a Christian when people found out I had been an astrologer. Often that's the first question that I was asked was, what do you think of the gospel and the stars? <laughs> and actually, <laughs> I have a little story, real short story on that. When I had been at, just become a Christian, I mean, I was brand new. I'd been a Christian for like four days. I went to a bookstore and I went to the, I guess, the religious section. And then they had a section that they called Christian. And this was a secular bookstore. And I was hungry, you know, for information. This was all new to me. I wanted to see what was out there. And I'm looking at these books in the Christian section. And they had a gospel in the stars book. And I, of course, I picked it up. It caught my attention. And I thought, what is, what is this? I had never heard of it. <laughs> and I started reading through it. And it was giving this this information about the gospel being and the, the planets and the, or the zodiac signs, the stars. And I was reading. And I was like, what? This is like astrology. This is really, really creepy. And I was totally creeped out by it. I mean, it really upset me. I put the book back and then I just willed myself to forget about it because I didn't even want to think that that existed. I didn't even want to think that somebody could believe that was true. And of course, I wasn't able to will it out of my life <laughs> because within a few years, people were asking me about it and debating me on it. And oh my goodness, it became quite a quite a a hardship dealing with that topic because people who believe in it are die hard die hard believers. And I don't mind people asking. A lot of people ask because they're curious, and I'm happy to give my view. But I don't argue with the diehard believers anymore because there's no point in it, <laughs> really. <laughs> right. I I remember when I was a new Christian, I did read through that book, uh, E.W. Bullinger's uh, Gospel in the Stars. Or no, A Witness in the Stars, I think uh-huh. it was. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it it resonated with me and I ate it up and I still have a copy of it and it's all falling apart and highlighted up. I was so excited about it, but then, you know, things started coming to the forefront the more I studied uh, that just didn't quite add up and I still wanted it to be true. But eventually I'm like, no, if I got to be honest with, with my faith, this there's just a little bit too much hokiness going on here. And, um, Boy, I, I would not use that as as a witnessing tool at all. Now, uh-uh. I mean, there's just too many ways to poke holes in it. Um, it's just it, I, it's just not accurate. It's just not accurate. And you're right. I guess it it, it could lend credible credibility to um, astrology, and and that's kind of you know leading yeah. people down a, a bad path as well. So, um, okay. So changing gears. 
<laughs> this ought to be fun. <laughs> what is your opinion on Christian yoga? Yeah, this is uh, this is a big question. That of course, what it, you know, what is my opinion on yoga has been number my one of my number one questions for many years, and now Christian yoga, uh, now that it exists. Um, which it didn't, it didn't really exist that much until I guess really it started over 10 years ago, but people didn't really start hearing about it till maybe within, especially the past five years. And now I am asked about that. By the way, I do have an article on Christian yoga on my website. I have five articles on yoga and one of them is on Christian yoga. Um, I think that that's an oxymoron because of what yoga means. Yoga um, comes from a Sanskrit word, which means to yoke. It's very much a part of the system of of Hinduism. And it has to do with preparing yourself spiritually. Now, I should probably stop here and, and, and clarify this. When you ask me about Christian yoga and when people ask about yoga, they're usually thinking of the yoga most popular in this country, which is the one where you, you know, you do various positions and various poses. And that is actually called Hatha Yoga, H-A-T-H-A. And Hatha means sun and moon. And the reason that it's called Hatha is because the sun and moon represent the opposite forces or energies in your body um, that you are harmonizing through the physical postures of yoga and through the breathing, etc. So it's a very classic kind of Eastern occult worldview where you've got opposites that have to be harmonized. And mm. so that's what Hatha means. It means sun, moon. So it's really sun, moon, yoga. And it is only one form of yoga. There's several forms of yoga. And traditionally, I think there were mainly four major areas. And it's it's become more now since then. Uh, but the, the Hatha Yoga is disciplining your body and preparing your body for the more advanced meditative stages of Raja Yoga. Raja Yoga, R-A-J-A, is the yoga of meditation. And by disciplining your body in Hatha Yoga and through the breathing, etc., you're preparing yourself for deeper levels of meditation. In other words, Hatha Yoga is just, is just, is not supposed to be an end in itself. It's supposed to continue on into other forms of yoga. Also, the uh, postures, often honor various Hindu gods. And the breathing that's done is called pranayama. And this is a belief in the prana means breath, but it doesn't mean your breath. It means the divine breath of the universe. So when you do the breathing exercises, it is actually considered a spiritual exercise and a spiritual cleansing where you are breathing a certain way this this energy from prana goes into you and does various things to to your body and your what they call the subtle body which is the invisible body and that would include things like the chakras 
um, and the chakras, which probably most people have heard about by now because yoga has become so popular, and also chakras are often imported into many alternative healing modalities. So um, most people now have heard the word. And the chakras are supposedly these, they're invisible wheels of energy going from the bottom of the spine up to the top of the head. The chakras um, are there partly to help the kundalini, um, which is an energy at the base of the spine, allegedly, an invisible energy coiled like a serpent, and kundalini means the coiled one. Mm. And so part of the part of the whole process is that the kundalini needs to rise through the various chakras. And the positions in Hatha Yoga help prepare these chakras for the kundalini. So all of this is part of the Hatha Yoga, which I guess some people may call Hatha. I used to call it Hatha Yoga. And I realized it's really supposed to be pronounced Hatha Yoga, I think. So um, that's all part of this. It's a lot more complicated than people realize. It's not about exercise. The purpose of it is not is not to be more flexible or to be more limber um, or to have stronger muscles or whatever. The purpose of it is the spiritual purpose and the discipline of the body is a preparation for advanced meditation. So uh, it is not, it was never designed for exercise. And there is a spiritual component to yoga and I I do believe personally that doing it can open doors for things that you would prefer not to have in your life. Now I'm not talking about necessarily being possessed, and I don't believe Christians can be possessed. Everyone always wants to jump to that right away. Or do you think someone, you know, demons going to possess <laughs> you? You know, as though as though that's the only thing that can happen. The the usually. Um, the results of getting engaged in things like this are much more subtle and and they're so subtle the person doesn't realize it you know they're doing um, I'll give an example of someone who who did Tai Chi for a while and Tai Chi is a spiritual practice it's very spiritual and um, it has to do with energy and manipulating the energy which is called Chi or Ki now it's not Hindu it's from Taoism, but the same principles apply. Um, and that is this person who was doing it gradually lost interest in church. She was a Christian. She lost interest in reading the Bible. She lost interest in prayer and didn't even, didn't even, wasn't even aware that it was connected to doing the Tai Chi until I asked her, you know, and I was asking her, do you, do you still go to church? You know, well, I used to. Do you pray? Well, not not like I used to. Do you read the Bible? No, not really, not anymore. And I said, well, when did when did all this stop? Well, it sort of stopped about two years ago. <laughs> well, that's when she was really getting into Tai Chi. Mm. So sometimes with this, um, you know, it's much more subtle, and you don't necessarily notice the effects. You don't necessarily notice it. And so I think that's one reason that makes it even more dangerous 
is because we often don't notice when we're being affected by something in a negative way. And anything, anything negative, not necessarily new age, but just anything that we take a liking to or that we bring into our life, um, we don't notice how it's changing us, you know. And this is a, this is true with with getting involved in these kind of activities. So maybe down the road, it'll somebody will say something to you, or the Lord, if you're a Christian, will bring it to your awareness. And we are talking about Christian yoga here, so I'm assuming just uh, to make it easier to talk about that, we're talking about Christians doing yoga or doing yoga that's called Christian yoga. So um, if you're doing just doing, um, you know, some of the positions, you're not doing the breathing, you're not trying to follow any kind of process, um, sometimes I'm asked, is it okay to do it if I'm just doing it for exercise? And I, you know, I'm still a bit uncomfortable with it, but I think if you're not doing the uh, pranayama, you're not really doing yoga. So you can't really say you're doing yoga. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So if if you're doing uh, uh, hatha yoga, that's a bad thing. If you're just breathing and stretching to get hatha, then that's probably, <laughs> that's probably not such a bad thing. Oh, bad. Pun. Well, it I depends apologize. on what the breathe. No, it depends on what the breathing is. If you're doing the pranayama, if you're doing the breathing the way they instruct you to do it in yoga, that's not good. Yeah, because it's not yeah. a physical thing; it's a spiritual thing. Now, I mean, if you're just looking at a book and you're looking at certain positions and you're doing them to stretch your muscles or whatever, and you're not doing anything else, you're not you're not doing anything else that that yoga would normally have you do, which would which usually would involve certain breathing things and maybe doing the positions a very specific way. I know it's, mm-hmm. it's very hard mm-hmm. to, it's very hard to address the issue because it depends on what the person's doing and what's being told to them and you know it's it just that's why to me it's just easier just to stay away from the whole thing. You know, why why even try to go there? It's not like there's no other exercise in the world. Right. I mean, what in the world were people doing for exercise in 1941? You know, I mean, what were Christians doing in 1961 for exercise? I mean, yoga was around, but pretty much I don't think Christians were into it in 1961 or 65 or even 75. Um, Weren't there other forms of exercise? Isn't there something called swimming, bike riding, walking, (laughs) aerobics? dancing Mm -hmm. now there are a lot of dance exercise videos you can get i mean you can you know there's so many forms of of exercise now many many more than we had 20 years ago and so why does one have to do yoga well i can tell you why it's because it was marketed it was marketed successfully so that it is associated with associated with health beauty peace, and usually youth, although Mm -hmm. not always, but the health, beauty, and peace, it's been so strongly associated with those three areas that I think people just think yoga or see yoga or hear something about a yoga class and they immediately want to do it because it's associated with those things and it's especially associated with health. So 
you know, I see ad- advertisements on TV that have nothing to do with yoga, but they'll use somebody, they'll show someone in a yoga class. And it's because it sells their product, even though it has nothing to do with the product. And they'll show someone doing yoga and then they'll go, you know, somewhere else. And then the, the ad will come on about, you know, she'll go into her room that her house that just was painted this beautiful color in the living room. <laughs> she just came from the yoga class and then she sees this beautiful serene color. And so you have yoga and the serene color in her living room that makes her feel, you know, good and calm and peaceful. And that's all, that's all from the yoga. So the yoga gets, you know, it's, I've seen it used to promote uh, Marriott hotels, to promote wheat thins, um, to promote house paint. I didn't make that up. I've actually seen it used for that on TV. Goodness. So it's used for products that have absolutely nothing to do with yoga and don't necessarily even have anything to do with health. That's interesting. That Well, that's marketing for you. Yep, hmm. yep, it is marketing. All right, guys. Well, we will stop right here next week. We'll pick up exactly where we left off. Uh, there's still yet many more topics that we ended up covering in this conversation. So, uh, yeah, if you want to know more about what Marsha is doing, her website, again, ChristianAnswersForTheNewAge.org. Just a wealth of information, a great place to check out. Uh, what is going on from within the New Age movement from a Christian perspective. Uh, So, yeah, check it out. And next week, we will pick up where we left off here today. And with that, I love you guys, and we'll see you next week. Sing it out loud.